Hello there, people. Welcome to another episode of uh, the Strongleg Hunters. We're uh, currently going to be going over episode 16 tonight, which is kind of a small feat of its own, but been, it's been fun. And I'll, you know, you got me, Joe here, and you got Eric over there. How you guys doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good, thank you. Yeah, no, that's kind of that's kind of a dumb thing to say huh, on a podcast. How are you guys doing tonight? Like it's a live show, <laughs> right? Step on down, <laughs> guys. I'll I'll work on that in the future. Those of you that are listening this listening to this in the evening, hopefully your evening is going great. Hopefully, now for those that are listening to this another type of the time of the day, hopefully your evening will be great. <laughs> Yeah, if you're listening to this in the morning, then it's probably because you work the late shift. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, you haven't but, uh, done that one in a while. True. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, guys, again, thank you for watching. Uh, it's we appreciate it. Uh, now, uh, what isn't wasn't for you guys? We'd have no one watching us and. It'd just be two guys talking. <laughs> something but, that we—that's something that we used to do back in the day, just just two talking. <laughs> now it's still us two talking, but now we got people listening to us, so it's we're moving up in the world. We people, are. People actually care what we have to say, <laughs> and we, and we appreciate that too. We do. We do. We appreciate everyone. I I wanted to, uh, I think uh, Dan, one of, I think he's one of our our listeners, he actually uh, stopped by the other day and gave me uh, uh, an Idaho proclamation uh, for, you know, like the fish and game stuff so I can look up to see how how to hunt Idaho and what the rules and laws are there. So that's cool. So thanks. Yeah, thanks, Dan. <laughs> but uh, anyways, we'll get going a little bit here. So uh, this weekend, went and did some scouting. Uh, it's kind of fun. Uh, I didn't see any deer or any bucks, I should say, uh, where, where I was hoping to, and nothing was there. Um, went off, went scouting, then went to another part of the unit to uh, try to learn and trying to find like a plan B. And, uh, when doing so, I, I did find a pretty good looking elk. Um, or I guess I shouldn't say I didn't find it. Uh, someone else did <laughs> it was a road a road I was driving the road and there was someone that was pulled over and they're looking across the canyon and I was just gonna let them you know do their thing not really bother them and uh, I passed them and, you know I gave them a little wave and then kind of out of the corner of my eye I look back over my shoulder and I can just see this huge set of antlers you know across the canyon I was like man there if I can see that far and they look huge it has to be pretty good I was, I was hoping it was a deer I was like yeah that's a huge deer that's what I'm looking for <laughs> <laughs> that's mine <laughs> so I, I back up to where these people were parked and um got out and talked to them you know like oh yeah there's a big elk over there I was like awesome so I pulled out my spotting scope and gave him my uh, binoculars let him look let let him look at it as I was um, setting up my spotting scope and whatnot and come to find out it was his wife that even spotted it they're cru cruising along in their razor and she's like oh look an elk 
<laughs> but anyway, yeah, so that was kind of my highlight of the weekend, at least. It was a six by seven. Um, a pretty good bowl. I think it's probably the biggest bowl that I've seen in person or live on the hoof. You know, like I've seen pretty big ones in Cabela's uh, storehouses and or, you know, on TV, they're seeing some big ones, but that's probably the biggest one I've seen alive. Yeah, yeah, that, it looked huge. Uh, I mean, you got a picture out of it, obviously, and sent it to me, and I couldn't believe how big that thing was. It was nice. It was really nice. You're getting better at taking pictures through your spot and scope, too. (laughs) I'm working on it. (laughs) That one, I actually, it wasn't all that wind. I've so I got the, you know, like a little cheap little tripod. So that, that kind of affects a little bit because it's not as sturdy. Yeah. So like when, when the wind blows, it it moves it. And when it's, it's focused out that far, it doesn't really have any any little bumps really makes it blurry. So like what I found I have to do, I have to go into my phone and and set set a timer. So I have to hit the, the take button and it counts down and, Usually by the time it's done counting, it's back to setting still, and you can take a decent picture. <laughs> that's one of the tricks I've found that I have to do. Hey, that's a good trick. That might that might help some other fellow hunters out there to learn how to just the, the what is that called the just the countdown picture? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, countdown. I can't remember the actual term for it, but yeah, yeah. that's what I use. Yeah, I know what I know what you're talking about. Anyway, it might be smarter though too to turn it on video and just let let it record on video and just pull pictures out of the video. That's probably what I should do too. I've been taking pictures. I should probably try to take videos. Yeah, that actually sounds like an even better idea. Yeah, Look at you, you're brilliant. I know, right? That's <laughs> you should listen to me more. <laughs> I know I should, but I probably I probably won't still. <laughs> but anyways i think you know one of the, the things too though is the fact that like uh, seeing this elk is i was out there you know i wouldn't say that so the funny thing i got looking so at my on my onyx maps and as i was driving up this road i got looking at the country and i was like you know i, I bet back up in there would be a good elk spot you know or even probably even deer i should get back on and look at that for deer but i was like you know that kind of off in the off a little bit and it's pretty it's steep country and so i i before i got to the spot where this where we saw the elk i sat and i pulled up onyx and i dropped a pin up on the hillside across the road you know like that'd probably be a good spot to to check out and as i you know drive around the road and went around like this the hillside it's kind of hard to explain because the hill kind of came downhill to where I was and there's another valley going up and another valley going up to the left where I was heading and as I went around that to the left on the road and then I was on a south facing slope of the north so any so long story short (laughs) the pin I put down was close to where the elk that I saw so I kind of, you know, validated me a little bit. Like, hey, look at that. I was, I was within a couple hundred yards of where an elk was. <laughs> or yeah. I dropped in. Yeah, that's awesome. But. Well, that's where we'll be going probably if uh, 
if we get if our, everything works out for the deer hunt yeah 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 that'll be nice it will be it's going to be yeah yeah um maybe but, maybe that but, maybe that elk will still be in that same spot true but the only downside is is that it's a um limited entry elk area full uh, elk so yeah. but i can hunt a spike elk in it oh okay so yeah i can't hunt that particular elk but i can still hunt elk in that area could you make the argument that that thing just has a lot of spikes well i guess i well i probably could but i think it's worded branched antlers (laughs) they can't branch (laughs) yeah those guys are pretty smart with all their wording (laughs) true (laughs) yeah so that was you know that was a it was pretty fun i enjoyed that it was it's it was you know, a lot of luck to get to find to find a drive down the road, but but I was out. You know, like that was the big thing. Is I was out and out in the type of area where they would be. You know, oh, and the other interesting thing too. So that I kind of put, like as as I'm trying to learn and trying to tuck away nuggets, you know, and trying to file things is. Uh, so this elk stood there. And kind of watched us like he was a ways away like there's you know it, it was a he was he was across there a ways and he was watching us and so the other guy and his wife and kids were there like they weren't being noisy or nothing you know like they were just being doing their little thing talking and whatnot and I was talking to the guy we weren't doing being too noisy the elk was watching us and then he kind of got a guy tired of us being there you can kind of tell so he kind of worked his way up away from up the hill further and he would stop and then look back over at us and then finally the guy's like all right well I'm going to take off and and you know go back to my camping spot I heard I think he was head I think he was heading back to his camping spot anyway so he takes off and I'm like all right I'm done you know so I'm starting to put my spotting scope and my tripod away and uh and as I'm doing so, there's a, I, there's a, there's a one set of razor comes by, and not too far behind him, there's another set of razors coming by, and that was like all that elk could handle. He took off, and so as a learning point for me is was, although this elk was more or less a safe distance away, I keep by this point he was far enough that I wouldn't even dream of taking a shot with an with a rifle, you know he was we were already too close for his comfort and all the, and you know they these were just razors going down the road and he had enough of it and he took off yeah that's it's funny that you say that uh i was listening to a podcast and i me- i wish i remember which one cuz i'd give him a shout out but um i was listening to a podcast the other day and I want to say it was with Mark Kenyon, but I'm not 100% sure. But the guy that he was talking to was talking about uh, that kind of stuff like uh, vehicles versus four-wheelers and, or razors, if you will. Uh, and he said, he said uh, he's like, you know, in my opinion, he says, I think, I can't remember if they were talking about elk or deer. I feel like they were talking about deer. But the takeaway is, is uh, he said, he said, I, 
I feel like uh, these animals, they get more irritated at four-wheelers and side-by-sides more so than they do vehicles from hit from you know from from his opinion and i was like huh that's interesting well you know it is kind of interesting too like well i mean i i think some of your point was just that he kind of felt like he hung around there long enough and there's enough activity coming by and that the the razors were loud enough that he felt i guess violated you know or that his comfort zone was his bubble was popped even though this distance was like I said, it was way out of range. I wouldn't even have dreamed of sending a shot, but it was close enough for him. Yeah. But on that note of, you know, the razor. So, you know, like when I'm hunting up here above Bountiful, I'll go out and set up a trail camera and I'll be down there a ways, you know, in a Canyon somewhere. And I can, I can just hear like every razor, every dirt bike, every four wheeler that goes by, you know, and I, not that, but it just kind of it frustrates me, you know. They're not they're not really doing anything to affect. Well, I guess they kind of are, but they're not like riding right beside me down the canyon. You know, they're they're up on the road, but hearing them go by all the time is just it kind of. You know, I was like, man, there's an awful lot of them. <laughs> that that's interesting. So, uh, I guess follow up question: Do you do you notice a decrease of uh, wild game activity whenever you hear the four-wheelers and you know i can't honestly answer that because i don't think i hunting up there it's not like i've ever seen a lot to begin with like i've always had to hunt hard up there right so i can't honestly say that because it's always been a hard area to hunt probably because there's always traffic up there well that and a handful of years ago when i first started hunting up there so like six seven years ago I remember one year going up there, you could not like opening morning, there was a camper, a tent or a pickup anywhere you could put off the side of the road. Like, you know, if there was an open spot, there was something in it heading all the way up the hill, up the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like even if the road gets like a tad bit wider, there's almost a camper there. Yeah. 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 That's how it was. Like, it was just, it just blew my mind. And so like, it, it's already a high pressured area to begin with. So I don't, I, that area particular, I can't really say for sure just because it's always been a hard area. Yeah. That, that area that I was turkey hunting this spring, it was the same thing. The, well, the first weekend that we went out there to hunt Turkey, um, man, there was campers. I don't know if everybody was Turkey hunting or if they're just getting out to camp. But I was amazed. Every spot was was nothing but but uh, turkey hunters or uh, campers. I mean, and uh, I mean, I mean, literally, like if there was a wide spot in the road, there was a camper sitting there. Seem, I mean, you know, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but Jesus, it was. I was like, I was amazed. I was just amazed how I. So I'm I'm thinking like. uh, I was kind of checking that area out for for uh, elk hunting too, and it's a beautiful area. And I'd imagine there's probably wild game up there, but but it's not that big of an area. So, well, I shouldn't say that. It's probably bigger than I'm giving it credit for because I didn't wasn't able to check out all of it. But um, for as many campers and stuff that are out there, I'm almost betting that during elk season, 
it's probably hammered pretty hard that area and it's probably the same site as far as campers in every spot so i wonder yeah. if we should do that one like during that would be kind of fun in the years to come just like kind of dry since colorado has like three different is it three different seasons or four there's four so it would be fun to just to kind of like opening weekend of every season, just drive around the different, choose an area or something and just drive around the the area just to see how packed it is. Oh, I see what you're saying. Just, you know, not that you're really gaining anything. I mean, you, I guess you're kind of taking in some information, but it'd just be kind of interesting just to kind of, I don't know. I guess if it's an area you're hunting, just to see how much pressure's been there. Yeah, that that's actually a really good idea. I kind of like that idea. I kind of wouldn't mind drawing for first season rifle. Yeah. Um. Because that that's the thing is to to my knowledge, the over the counter stuff is pretty much second and third season. Uh huh. And you, you know, you've been up there. It gets hit pretty hard. I would say second season actually doesn't get hit as hard as third for some reason. Um, but with that said, uh, I, I'd be curious to know. Well, I feel like by the end of first season, the elk are kind of on to what's going on and yeah, they're getting. They're trying to start to get pushed towards their uh, their zones where they don't feel the pressure as much. Exactly, and I mean, even by first season rifle. I mean, I think rifle is even probably worse. But I mean, you've already went through muzzleloader and archery seasons, and so right. by by even first season, they, I feel like they kind of get the pressure and also you know i mean it's not really a secret archery has been getting so much more popular over the last few years that i think more and more people are trying to get into that so the pressure they've already felt quite a bit of pressure by the time my second season comes or or even the third season i mean i've kind of switched back and forth the last few years well i did third season for like three years in a row and then I've done second season a couple of years trying to figure out which one I like better. So. And the jury's still out for that one for which season you like better. Yeah. Well, now I want to, I want to get in on the draws and, uh, and try to get a first season. Yeah. So I don't know. But- yeah, so long and short, back to the beginning. <laughs> that was uh, that's what I did this weekend. Uh, I did I did end up doing a little bit of hike. Found found some does. Um, didn't didn't see any 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 antlered deer, but you know, still got I got a couple more weeks, and then hunt will be the hunt will be going. But uh, but I think but then to get to kind of we'll switch gears a little bit topics and we'll Eric uh, picked up a Kodiak tent. I think we, I think we picked, talked about it a couple of times on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think we briefly mentioned it just pretty much that I got a new one before we move on to the topic though, though, the one takeaway though, is at least, you know, that there's elk in that area. At least you've seen some, a bull uh, elk 
you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, you kind of, kind of gives you a little more confidence that you actually know that there's some elk in there. So if everything goes right, we can maybe get a spike in there. True. That's what, yeah. Yeah. So, we, and the other thing, yeah. So we can at least, we got it. We got, we have a place, an X on the map to, to begin with and work around. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. A, a good starting point. Yeah. But, but I, I will say it was fun, like <laughs> to, to see something and then to see something pretty, at least decent to me, you know, like, that, uh, was, that, thing, that thing was huge. Yeah. And I'm sure by the time this comes out, I'll, I'll, I'll have it posted to our, uh, or maybe I'll even try to put it, put a picture it in on for our, 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 our YouTube video that we're doing now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. That'd be right. awesome. But yeah. Um, uh, so sorry, I had to just add that in, but, uh, to get on our topic tonight, like Joe was saying, uh, um, I bought a Kodiak tent earlier this summer, springtime, I think it was somewhere in there. And, uh, I bought a Kodiak canvas tent. What it is is basically, uh, well, I just said it. It's a canvas tent. <laughs> what is it, Eric? <laughs> I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's kind of, it, you know, it's pretty cool. Like, uh, so some people might know the company Spring Bar, right? Is that their? Yeah. Yeah. I think Spr- it's, it's Spring Bar. Yeah. Well, it's close enough. If, but y'all, or if somebody, if you know what I'm talking about, then you'll know what I'm, what it is. Uh, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all over the place right now. What I'm trying to say though is uh is there's another company called Spring Bar that makes canvas tents and some people might be more familiar with that but uh these Kodiak tent company uh really I really appealed to them just cuz they uh their tents seemed a little little more updated. There there was minor minor upgrades that they did with their tent. Uh from what I understand I'm might be chopping this up a little bit but uh there were some people that used to work for spring bar and then they broke off and then started uh the kodiak canvas tent and then they th- what they did is they made their own up just a few little upgrades uh but it's pretty much the same tent as the spring bar uh it's not your classic wall tent it has a floor in it fairly thick floor too um the for the kodiak that is but anyways, the reason that we're talking about tents, though, is just kind of what you might consider for your your uh, later season hunts or just hunts in general. Um, I guess, like, why I chose a tent, because I was kind of debating uh, early on before I got the tent of maybe trying to get a small, like, little camper or, or, or a tent. Um, but I chose the tent route just for right now, just cause there's something about just doing the tent thing, you know, like I feel like I'm kind of more with nature in a tent. I know that sounds weird, but, but like, I just, I'm just not ready to graduate to a camper. Like, I feel like I'm not trying to offend anybody that has campers, but I feel like, uh, I feel like graduating to a camper kind of means that I'm getting old and <laughs> I'm not, I'm not ready to admit that yet. <laughs> Um, so I kind of wanted to stay with the tent plus the tent in, in, in the long run was probably a little cheaper. Uh, 
I mean, I could have got those little small pop-ups for about the same price as the canvas tent, maybe a little more, but, but in general, probably, you know, it would have been an older pop-up camper, but. Well, then you have maintenance and stuff on it too. The maintenance tires, tires, bearings, and I'm sure, I'm sure it's not a big deal, but that's something you got to be mindful of every year before you take it out or, you know, like tires aired up or the bearings good. Is it, you know, the tent cleaned out is, you know, I don't know. Is all my gray water taken? Is it ready for the, ready for the winter? And, and, uh, and actually one, one other major factor to it all is, uh, uh, where I live is a lovely HOA. So I couldn't, I'd have to, I'd have to probably pay for an extra spot to keep the camper. And it just didn't really make sense right now to, to do that. So that's why I chose the tent too. That's probably more of the bigger deciding factors is just not really having a good place to put a, a little pop-up camper or, or a camper in general. Gotcha. So, so I went with the, the canvas tent. So that's why I chose the canvas tent. Um, I would say that, the, so there's, if you're into backcountry hunts, you're going to want a a different tent. You're going to want some of those, you know, four or five, six, $800 tents uh, that weigh nothing, but you know, and you can barely fit in, but they'll, they'll last you on the backcountry hunts where this canvas hunt is strictly a, a you know, base camp kind of tent, unless you have some pack mules or something. I was thinking about that. I was like, man, it'd be cool if we did though. Cause then we could go way back and, and stir up some trouble true we'll have to look into that (laughs) yeah yeah well it'd be the back i mean because we both kind of want to do more backcountry hunts but it'd be kind of nice to have some pack mules and horses or something i mean later on down the road maybe not to have have but maybe we could get with an outfit or something that we can rent them or something true or they guide us through there yeah there's something about guides though man i feel like Feel like that's like the tent thing if, if i ever get get an actual guide like the one th- the one nice thing about guides is they're they're good they i mean they'll get you your elk but right i feel like the downfall to having a guide is you're kind of admitting that you're old and you can't hunt <laughs> <laughs> again not trying to be offensive i'm just saying <laughs> Right. No. Well, I kind of go, it kind of goes the other way too. Like, you know, well, if you want to up your chances on getting something, you know, like that, the guide's going to be great. (laughs) Well, okay. Yeah. Let me, I mean, we're kind of getting off in the weeds again, but uh, let me, let me break it down too. Like the other thing to all this, even though that like I brought this up before that, I mean, I want the, I want all the, the best gear out there and I want everything, you know, and, and I know the cost of it, but then there's always this part of me that's like, I'm going out to get meat for my family. So how much money do I really want to spend? Like, does it really make sense to pay $3,000 for a guide or that's probably on the cheaper side, even $3,000 for a guide to go get my meat or you know, like, I mean, I, I struggle with that all the time. Whenever it comes to anything hunting, it's like, I'm trying to like make sense of it financially. And I'm like, you know, I'm doing this to feed my family for the winter. So 
spending all this money just kind of doesn't make sense. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. So, gotcha. Yeah. So I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of my uh, my look on on getting a guide. I, I respect guides though a lot. I think that they kind of have a tough job because um, the one thing that I always hear about guides or from guides even is is you know they get clients that are not in good shape at all, and so they they not only find the elk and give the opportunity to the other people to hunt, but then they find themselves packing it out. And, you know, so I respect guides a ton, but I'm just not ready to ask a guide to guide me. (laughs) So, but I don't know, maybe one day, maybe one day for the experience. True. Cause there's that factor too, of just the experience and all different kinds of hunting and, true and stuff but getting back on track with the tent um yeah so uh the canvas tent is base camp tent base camp tent and uh the reason that i chose canvas is obviously because uh a few factors in my opinion is the the other tents just they don't hold up to weather as well right and and i'm kind of going that late October, early November. Um, if I choose third season, it's kind of closer to mid November. So it's cold out there. And, um, and sometimes the weather in general, I mean, you know, I've gotten snowed on every year and for the last couple of years. Um, so with that said, like just a regular tent, I, I got one from Cabela's and I can't remember the brand. I was going to pull it out and look at that actually, but um, I can't remember the brand of it, but it was like a three hundred dollar tent, three fifty or something. And it's a decent tent, but it's really just a decent tent for summertime, if you ask me. Um, I could probably get away with taking it out in the backcountry if if I really needed to. But even with that one, uh, when the wind kicks up, I mean, just all night long, it's beating up against the tent, and you know that's all you hear. So that kind of brings me to my next point of why a canvas tent is is for one the weather um now the other thing is you could put a stove in there what i've been doing or what well i haven't used it yet to see how well it works necessarily but um using those mr buddies a lot of people i tell people i'm like um i've had i've had a couple conversations they're like oh you're gonna put a stove in there and i'm like actually i'm gonna try a mr buddy first and they kind of like, oh, I don't know. I don't know why they they hate hate it or like kind of hating, throwing a little hate my way. But um, here here's my reason that I don't uh, that I'm trying to stay away from the stove is I do have a 14 by 10 Kodiak canvas tent, and it's pretty big, and I got a lot of room in there. But if I put a stove in there, it's gonna cut up so much of my my extra room. And I and I I, I kind of want the extra room for for you know uh, other people being able to sleep in there for one, um, kind of have a little extra room to move around, get dressed, get ready for the morning. So I really want to get away with the the uh, Mister uh, Buddy heaters. And am I saying that right, or is it Mister Heater Buddy? I can't remember. Mister Heater or Buddy Heater? I think it's a Buddy Heater. Yeah, the or- Mister. 
Is it even Mister? I think. Uh, let's see. Well, I feel like everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, everyone knows knows what you're talking about. But anyway, so and and I got like, I think I got the same size as you have, Joe. But Mister Heater, it says Mister Heater, buddy. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have the same size I do, but I think they're in their in their line of heaters. They're like the medium size heaters. They have one other one that has has a two burner, two burner, and and yeah. maybe one day I might. Well, actually, I take that back. I got the little one, the little little uh, standalone one with the where you hook the smaller propane tanks up to it, and I got that one, and then the medium size one or the the one burner. And so my, the, my perspective on that is uh, I'll use my medium one. I'll hook it up to my propane tank, use it all night long. And then uh, if I'm, if I wake up in the morning, I'm like, ah, it's still a little nippy in here. I'll just use my smaller one for a few hours or for an hour or whatever to get dressed or whatever, help heat up the tent just a little more. Um, and I should be good, I, I would think. I mean, I well, so I've been using that little Mister Mister Heater for the last uh, four years, and I just got a little like you know your normal tent, um, whatever whatever material it is. You know, nothing special tent. That's what I've been using to heat my little tent up, and I get those, and it's done me just fine. You know, it's it's maybe not as warm as you could be, but it's definitely taking the uh the chill out the out of the air you know like i i want to get out of bed in the morning when that thing's on um but and i think though too those one single burner ones like it's rated for like a 10 by 10 area so 100 square feet is what they kind of say you know like that little bit of a heater can handle so you know you're 10 by 14 so you're kind of on the bigger side but again the one thing i like about those canvas tents is that they're you know, that, that thicker material being canvas. And so like can hold the heat in a little bit better. Yeah. They'll hold the heat in a lot better. Well, essentially. And, uh, um, yeah, I think, I think it'll be just fine. I, I mean, I, I really do. I think it'll work just fine. And like I said, I got that other one that I'll take up to base camp with me and, you know, in the morning, if it's just a little chilly, um, I could kick that one on and kind of, warm the tent up a little bit, get dressed and ready and, and call it good. Another thing that um, I want to get is they have this, I saw, I've saw them on Amazon. Um, they're, they're like a little dome light, but they have a fan on them. Uh-huh. So I, I want to get one of those and turn that fan on at night. The idea is, 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 uh, is when that heater's, because the heat rises and everything kind of, but with that fan, it might help push down the heat just a tad bit to kind of help circulate through circulate the it. Yeah. whole tent. So that's kind of, because, and, th- and that's another reason why I feel like that uh, Mr. Heater will, will work just fine in that tent, even if it gets a little chilly in there or chilly outside. I mean, um, because last year, whenever uh, I jumped in your tent and I mean, I don't know what that what size that is necessarily, but but it's a decent sized tent, and uh, 
And I mean, it heated up your tent just fine. You had it on low all night, I think. Yeah. You didn't even have it on high, so. No. So I, I'm, I don't know. I think it'll be just fine to use that. So. I think it'll um, definitely improve your living situation. You know, like you be yeah. a little more comfortable. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that, that tent that I was telling you about that I got at Cabela's, well, it's been a lot of years back now. It's probably been almost 10, but um, that thing was just, the problem with it is, well, it's not really built for the cold for one for two. It's so small. You can't, it's hard to get dressed in there, you know? And, and I know that last year that I used it, uh, that snowstorm came in and all night long, I just kept waking up because the wind was, you know, blowing around the tent and the tent held up just fine. But, you know, just that tarp material or whatever it, you know, flapping against the tent all night long and just kept waking me up and, and, um, about the only thing that got me going that next morning was the fact that it was opening day and I was excited to get to hunting, but, but I was kind of, I remember kind of being a little pretty tired because I was up all night listening to that storm yeah. blow through there. So, so with that said, I mean that, and that's another thing that the canvas tent will, will reduce is, I mean, you know, you'll still hear the wind a little bit, but it won't be as bad as that tarp stuff. And, um, uh, Let's see. Oh, I said, let's see. And Siri popped up. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, so I feel like that's almost kind of everything that I had for, uh, Oh, actually choosing my tent size. So, uh, the, the nice thing about spring bar and Kodiak is they have different sizes. I chose the 10 by 14, uh, a couple of reasons why I chose that size is because I was thinking about the extra room. It's uh, it's, I want to say it's like six, six feet, five inches tall, six feet, four inches tall. So I got plenty of room to stand up and get dressed or whatever, but I also wanted a little extra room uh, for a couple of reasons is uh, you know, if, if the weather comes in, it's kind of bad, be able to, ha- I'd be able to hang out in the tent and with, with a little bit of extra room, you know, sit in a chair or something, read a book kind of thing. Uh, so that's why I chose the 10 by 14. Also, uh, you know, I got kids, my wife. So, you know, if they ever want to go out with me, I got plenty of room to carry everybody. And then, um, and so it's kind of like, you know, just kind of camping with comfort. But with that said, there's other sizes. I want to say there's an eight by eight. Well, they, they just have all kinds of different sizes. Um, so you can kind of find what you need. There's a size for what you need. A size for what you need. And, and they're, they're very durable and strong. Uh, and, um, and, and they'll last, they'll last forever. Um, I, I know I talked about the stove. Oh, taking the footprint. Yeah. So I already kind of said this, but, but I really, I really, I will put a stove in there if, if the uh, Mr. Heaters don't work. But, um, I mean, I think they'll work good enough to be all right. But I really I really don't want to put a stove in that uh, just yet just because I'm, I just don't want it to take up all the room right now. Uh, me and Joe, before the podcast, I was kind of going over with him. I was 
uh, I would only break this out if we were really planning on sticking it out somewhere for at least a week or so. But I was talking to Joe about one day getting a wall tent for that kind of reason to kind of have a, essentially a mess hall um, to be able to hang out, cook, you know, everything inside a bigger wall tent. Then I would have a stove for that. But for a, for that 14 by, by 10, I just don't want to uh, put a stove in it just because I don't want it to take up all the room, even though I know it would keep me a lot warmer and stuff. I just rather stay away from having to do that if I don't have to. Right. So, um, and then Let's see. Well, I think canvas tents in general, unless you're going to get a big old camper, canvas tents in general are just the best way to go, I think, for base camp kind of hunts. Um, I think they're the most comfortable, the most durable. They hold up just fine. Uh, this weekend, this weekend I put it out and or I set it up in front of my house. I kind of got a funny story about that. So um, I was trying to make a video about how to season the tent, which for, for those of you that don't know what seasoning means, it basically just means that you get it as wet as you can with your, uh, with your water hose and uh, then you let it dry. And what you're trying to accomplish there is, is um, you get your canvas tent nice and wet. And then as it dries, it'll kind of shrink the, the, um, the canvas and then huh. make it make it even more waterproof. So if you are out in the middle of a rainstorm, uh, it it won't leak or it'll prevent it from leaking even even more. Uh, the one thing I noticed though is doing that spraying the the water hose. Um, the water just beaded right off of the tent, and huh. uh, and but so. The the funny part about it is I was trying to make a video about how to season the tent and, you know, check it if it leaks and stuff like that. Man, I swear, I got up per- fairly early. You know, it was uh, it was Saturday morning, so I got up fairly early to do this. And I kind of wanted to, you know, make this little video uh, before people were up and about. And I swear, man, I... <laughs> I uh, I started I I started getting the tent set up and uh you know it was it was dead quiet no neighbors driving around or anything and I had to set it up in my so I don't have much of a backyard I just have a pretty big front yard so I had to do it in the front and um everybody could see me or whatnot but I I started setting it up or before I started setting it up there was nobody out started getting that thing set up and I hit power on the camera and I swear man everybody was driving by and I had all kinds of looks and everything. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, man, can't do nothing. <laughs> can't do nothing in private around here. But uh, I don't know if they were looking at why I had a camera in my face or, or why the tent was, or yeah. checking out the tent. But, but uh, yeah, it was kind of comical, man. Just, I, I had a, I, I had a couple people. It seemed like, it was either their cars were very familiar to, to another car, but I think there was a couple cars that drove by the house like a couple times. They drive around, drive around. The the kicked you out. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it was. They're like, "Oh, poor guy got kicked out of the house. You must have really messed up this weekend." 
<laughs> That's Saturday morning. Yeah. God, what did he do so early in the morning? He must have burnt the pancakes. Right. <laughs> oh. But uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, that was fun. And then and then I ended up so it, it let it set out there and kind of dry the rest of the way. But then we ended up uh, staying, or me and my son, we stayed the night in the tent out in the front yard. And oh, cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool. I realized that there was more traffic around my house than I than I thought there would be. But <laughs> but then again, it was Saturday night, so what else can I expect? True. So. But yeah, I had a lot of fun um, doing that, and I'm I'm excited to really test that out this winter. I hope that it it works as good as is um, I'm predicting it will. I mean, I I'd say the biggest thing that I probably have to worry about is is uh, whether that Mister Heater will actually heat that whole thing up or not. Right, and I think that you know, like it's one of those things you kind of think about. So. Being that the second season, we're in October, it's getting cold. But it's not, you know, it's not like, I mean, it's cold, but it's not the extreme cold. You know, we're still warming up during the day. So it's not like, so I, what I guess I'm getting at is what the what the heater can put out and how cold it's getting, it's, it's going to be tolerable. You know, it's not going to, I feel like it, you know, the heater should keep up with the cold. Now I know that it can get, colder you know it the the temperatures that time of year are not really predictable you know like it can get down in the teens or, or in the single digits um which it probably does but you know that's not going to happen every year so you know it's i think you know it's gonna it will be a good experience it'll help your it'll, it'll bring you a better experience for the hunt you know for the future yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, especially a couple of years ago, I remember uh, waking up, just waking up cold, waking up freezing cold, and I felt like I felt like I couldn't get warm all day. Long. Well, that's one thing. I the I'll hand it to the guys that you know go in the back country or whatever that are just going on a like a back country tent and a sleeping bag. You know, they made. I don't think they really take a heater with them, but they're out there doing it and. I know you do, and I know I do. Like getting up in the morning when it's cold, it's not that fun. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to get motivated when it's that 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 cold. Yeah, and that's something uh, around around here where I live. The uh, I, I I don't think I'm quite acclimated, so I don't think it's that much colder. Well, it is colder, but but kind of like you said, it's not the extreme cold yet but I go up there and it's 20 degrees cooler than it is where you live down, down here where I'm living. So I go up there and I'm not quite acclimated to it. So it just like feels so much colder than, than what right. it actually is. So I don't know. That's something that I kind of noticed last year that just seems so much colder. Yeah, I mean, well, it is going to be a difference because you're you're at what two thousand feet is where you live, maybe eighteen hundred. Uh, yeah, I think it's more like thirty-five or four. I, you yeah. might be you might be 
it might be 3,000 feet. I'm probably low, low balling it, but I think where we're hunting, we're up to 7,000 feet, 6,000 feet. I think it's seven or eight. Is it seven? So like, yeah, there, so there, there is going to be a temperature difference. Yeah. You know, but. Yeah. And then it's just that mountain cool too, you know, being up there. I mean, even in the summer, whenever you wake up first thing in the morning, you're like, Ooh, it's kind of cold. It's kind of <laughs> chilly. The mountain, the mountain cold. Right. So, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think, um, so to kind of go back on one year, I, or I, I think I said this already, but, uh, one year I used that, that tent that I got from Cabela's and, uh, it didn't quite cut the mustard. Then I tried to sleep in my pickup cause I was like, okay, it's cold enough. I don't want to sleep out in my tent. So I'll sleep in my pickup. That was uncomfortable. So then the next year I thought, well, I'll make a pickup tent out of PVC pipe and tarp. And that worked all right, but uh, I don't know. It still didn't quite cut the mustard. So I finally got tired of, of trying to rough it like that. And so this year I finally got the canvas tent and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, probably, you know, you're going to definitely have a better experience. And then for me, I got, a, you know, just a normal tent and I was expecting it the last time I had it out and I got to get it prepped and ready, but I got a couple, I got a, a pole I got to get replaced. And then the elastic in between the, the tent poles, I got to replace too, just to kind of help it. Like as I'm taking it down and trying to pull the push or pull the tent, the poles out, it they get stuck and don't stay connected. So it makes a little bit of a job. But that's my one of the things I'll get fixed here shortly and then be ready for another notch ready for the hunt. Yeah. But uh but I think with that we'll go ahead and uh, call this a wrap for episode sixteen. Uh I, you know, it's been fun talking with Eric tonight. Um you know, we got a little got some more stuff to do to get ready and if you're you know listening listen to this one it's probably going to be a week before my hunt so you know whoever else is listening and archery hunting you know good luck getting ready and uh we'll see <laughs> we'll see how it goes <laughs> yeah yeah um speaking of that if you're getting ready to go hunting here soon uh maybe drop a comment of uh some of your plans or what you're hoping to accomplish during your archery hunt here in the next uh what three weeks two weeks yeah. two and a half weeks yeah so kind of drop a comment ask a question or two and we'll try to do our best to answer it in our own particular way <laughs> the only way the struggling hunters can <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think that's all i got for tonight so uh Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Hit the like button, the scraps or the, you know, subscribe. Uh, we, you know, we'd like to see that. And uh, again, just thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. It's it, This is fun. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. And that's all I got. So have a good one guys. And we'll talk to you in the next one. <laughs>